Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia. Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. I am your host. I am the president of Chickenlandia and I'm a backyard chicken educator here in the lovely Pacific Northwest. Oh, I got to catch my breath. <laughs> I'm telling you, I tell you what, like I, it has been crazy. It has been crazy today. And I feel like I say that every episode, but there's like this thing where it's like, okay, you know, we have the summer and you know, now the kids are going back to school and everything's going to be calmer because the kids are going to be in school. And it just like, it's just like, it's still crazy. It's like I've got sick kids and okay, but I'm here. I'm here because the chicken show must go on. And my kids know that they know the chicken show must go on. Uh, this is episode two of season four. That's right. Bok Talk has four seasons. You can listen to all of them on your favorite podcast app or on YouTube. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk about why your sweet, tame, adorable chicken has suddenly turned into a nest box terror. (laughs) The hormones are boiling over and she can't, she just, she can't take it anymore. She can't take it anymore. It's very relatable. (laughs) We're going to talk about broodiness today, broody chickens and what to do about it. Um, And I do have a listener question and I'm going to go over that and then I will open up the chat and I'll answer some questions that you guys have live here on YouTube. And if you want to submit a question to Bok Talk, all you have to do is go to welcometochickenlandia.com, click ask a chick, go to the contact section and then click ask a chicken question. And you can send me a little chicken question. You know, I I see them all. I cannot answer them all because I get a lot of them. Um, but I try. I try to answer as many as I can. Um, and I just love hearing from you guys. You can also like send me a little chicken story. Those are always fun too. <laughs> but while you're on my website, what you really, really need to do is make sure that you join my mailing list. It's called Chickenlandia Nation. And it's the coolest chicken mailing list in the multiverse. Uh, And what you what will happen, I will not spam you. I'm not a spammer. I really honestly like I don't like that. So I try very hard not to do that. But you can get a discount code for my course, my online course, uh, Chickenlandia's Backyard Chickens 101, a chicken course for everyone. And that includes you. 
okay? <laughs> it's a super fun interactive course. It's for beginners and intermediate chicken keepers. And it's a, I tell you what, like one of the reasons people really like it is because you do get direct access to me and also to the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor, who is a co-instructor on the course. Um, her name's Kelsey. And we, you know, if you ask questions within the course, we get back to people usually within 24 hours. So, so there's that. And also it's just a fun, a fun, easy course. So there you go. Um, all right. Before, before we begin, I have to make two announcements because you guys know I got to pay those chicken bills. I, I have to. No one else is going to do it. These hormonal diva chickens that I have, they're taking my money. <laughs> So here we go. Okay. As always, I want to let you know that this podcast was brought to you by the folks at My Favorite Chicken. My Favorite Chicken is my favorite online shop to get my chicken feed. I get my scratch and pick feed there. Wonderful, non-GMO, organic, socially responsible feed. Um, I get my chicken supplies, um, other fun chicken things like my chicken purse, <laughs> uh, chicken treats like their chicken. I think, they, I think they still have this one called Chicken Fun Do, which is my favorite one. Um, that is myfavoritechicken.com, and I will put the link in the show notes and in the description. This podcast is also brought to you by Small Pet Select. Small Pet Select is a small local company to me, and they have an online store that I absolutely love. They have three products that I am using right now. Um, I use their organic pine shavings. I just used those yesterday because I did a big old clean out because we had lice. <laughs> I'll be talking about that soon. <laughs> I'm just like talking about parasites so much. This past week I put out that poultry tick video, which is like, it was like a horror show. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you should see, you should go watch it on YouTube. Another product that they have is called pet greens, which are these little, it's like these little pouches and they, you put what you water, you put water in the pouch, there's dirt in it and there's grains in it and it sprouts out of this little pouch, this little like paper, uh, plastic pouch and you can take it outside and give it to your chickens and it's great especially going into the winter to have something like that so your chickens can have fresh greens during a time when they can't get it in their natural environment um and then i also use their flaked oyster shell which i love and my chickens love so you can check out these and other chicken products plus they have products for other fuzzy little critters like chinchillas and rabbits <laughs> And hamsters and that kind of fun stuff. So we love we love all creatures big and small in Chickenlandia. All right. So I'm actually just going to like start right away with our listener question because it's such a good um, illustration of the confusion that a lot of new chicken keepers have when they they have this experience of having their first broody hen in their flock. So this question is from someone named Trisha. And she says, I have six white rock hens and one of the hens will not leave the nest on her own. They started laying eggs a few weeks ago and now one will not leave the nest. She stays in there sitting on her eggs and if another hen lays an egg, she will lay on that egg too. <laughs> when we come near her, she makes an angry sound and fluffs her feathers. 
I'm concerned that she's not eating and drinking. That's a, that's a very common concern. Um, unless we remove her from the nest and then she will go and eat and drink. So today we put her in a chicken tractor with food and water and she's upset. Yeah, she's upset. Uh, constantly clucking and raising her feathers on her neck only. Is there any homeopathic remedies I can give her so she can relax? So um, for those of you that don't know, I do use homeopathics and I also use uh, flower essences in my flock and I do talk about that. So that's why she's asking that question. Um or anything else I, I should do to ease her anxiety. We don't have a rooster, so the eggs are infertile. Um, I tried l- looking this up, but there was nothing. She looked up it in, in like a, a book, but there was nothing about this issue. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Trish, for sending in this question. Well, this hen sounds like me after I turned 45. <laughs> you could cut, cut the hormones with a knife. <laughs> It's hot. It's hot in here. Okay. Uh, no, in all seriousness. Okay. Um, so Trish, what's going on with your chicken is that she is broody. Um, this is assuming that it's not some kind of illness that's making her stay in the nest, but it really sounds like she's broody because that's all the symptoms of broodiness. And broody means that um, she is experiencing the instinct to sit on, sit on and hatch out eggs and raise baby chicks. Usually, the instinct to be broody is not, it's just not as common in standard sized chickens. Like this, uh, you said it was a white rock, so it is a standard sized chicken because they're raised for laying mostly. Um, and, you know, when a chicken is sitting on and then hatching out and raising baby chicks, she's not laying eggs during that time. So, layers, you normally don't go as broody as like, you know, a little bantam hen, like a, a little silky or a little bantam cochin. Those chickens go broody a lot. I know that from experience. Uh, that being said, wh- white rocks are not, and white rocks are the same as Plymouth barred rocks um, or barred Plymouth rocks, um, but they're white. Okay, it's the same type of chicken. They're not super common layers. So, you know, depending on where you live, it's possible, especially since you, you know, if you got them from a brooder rather than a hatchery, um, the broody trait is still, it's still strong in her because um, it just hasn't, ha- she hasn't been bred so much to just lay, 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 lay. Especially, you know, it's pretty strong in her, especially since she, she hasn't been laying for that long and she's already broody. It's like she hatched, you know, she laid an, as many eggs as she wanted in her clutch and now she's in her nest um, trying to hatch out babies. So, uh, we talked about this a little bit in your question, but the way that you can tell a chicken is broody is all of a sudden they'll be sitting in the nesting box. She doesn't want to leave the nesting box. She isn't laying any eggs. And if you try to get the eggs out from beneath her, she will make a dinosaur sound, like a Jurassic Park sound. <laughs> it's like, rawr! Uh, that's not a very good impression, but it's it's pretty uh distinct like you will be like oh okay that's what that's what she was talking about and she'll probably try and peck you because she doesn't she doesn't want you to steal her eggs so you know she can be pretty cranky with the other chickens too that you know when they're going to try and lay their eggs she can get cranky with them so sometimes it can be a tad stressful for your flock but honestly um it is a natural part of a flock's experience here on Earth, a flock of chickens. That's that's very natural for them. Um, if they were living in the jungle somewhere away from humans, 
they would be going broody every season and, and raising baby chicks. That's what they would be doing instead of just laying, laying, laying all the time. So that's just part of the life of the flock. So I wouldn't worry too much about the stress. Obviously, you know, since you've separated her, um, Trish, like she's she's probably stressed out because she wants to get back on her nest. But we'll talk about what you can do about that here in a minute. So also when a hen is broody, uh, and this sometimes will alarm people, but they will pluck out their chest feathers um, and probably some feathers, you know, in their belly. So that, and it's funny cause like they'll have, they'll have the feathers and they'll, they'll like put them on their back. And, and I'm not even actually sure what that means or what they're trying to do, but they're just like, they're creating their little nest and you might see feathers throughout the nesting box. And, you know, it's just all part of the process. She's like creating her little area where she can hatch out her baby chicks. And she wants that, you know, she'll, she'll have like a bear chest and and a bit of a bare belly and that you know she wants to just have some of that good skin to egg con you know contact and uh keep her keep the eggs warm you know just really incubate the eggs very well a lot of people get concerned that their hen is not eating or drinking when they're broody but what's actually happening is they don't want to leave the nest when they see you there uh, because they don't want to leave the eggs vulnerable uh, to be taken by you. And during that time, you know, their their instincts are so strong. Even if they're like super tame, sweet chicken, they see you as a threat. So they are not going to get off the nest. Even if there's food there, a lot of times they will not get off the nest until you leave. So they will wait until you are gone. I promise you they are getting off the nest. They, they they will do it fairly briefly. They'll make, you know, they'll get off the nest. They'll make a huge, utterly disgusting poop <laughs> because because they don't poop when they're on the nest. They don't want to get it dirty um, or they shouldn't. And so broody poops are awful. That's why they're awful. They will go eat and they will go drink. And usually they'll go and take a quick dust bath if they can. And then they'll go back into the nest before you get there. But trust me, they, they're not going to, unless they, or, unless they have some kind of underlying issue where just the stress of being broody is just putting too much on their body, they're not going to let themselves die. Like they have a really strong will to survive and be healthy and strong so that they can raise their baby chicks. So, you know, all that being said, there's nothing wrong with you taking them off the nest and, you know, making them eat or drink when you're there. There's nothing wrong with that. And if it makes you, you know, feel better about the situation, then you can go ahead and do that. I just want to reassure you that, you know, she's not in danger of dying of starvation or anything unless she has something else going on. Okay. When they were, when they're broody, and this is another thing that it alarms people sometimes, but they will lose a lot of the redness of their combs and their combs will shrink. I wouldn't worry about that too much. It is, it is normal. You know, they're not laying when they're laying their, their combs get nice and red and big, but when they're broody that they, they just get like kind of shriveled up. Um, the main thing I would do is check them occasionally for mites and lice because they're sitting on, you know, they're sitting in that nest and it's a, they're a little bit more stressed than normal. Um, you know, if they have any other vulnerabilities and they're, they're more vulnerable to external parasites during that time, it's just, 
you know, if you if you were a little critter, it's like, oh, this chicken's just sitting here. I'm going to get on them <laughs> and wreak havoc. So, yeah, I would I would check them for that every once in a while. And you can give the whole flock a couple of jo- uh, drops of rescue remedy in their water to kind of ease the stress during that time. And, you know, that's what I would do for your chicken, Trish, that you've got in the tractor. It is going to be stressful for her. Um, but if you want to break her from being broody, you you know, we'll need to keep her away, you know, off the nest and, you know, make sure she has food and water and she's safe from predators and put some rescue remedy in her water so that hopefully she can calm down a little bit. I'm not, I don't really know if there's a homeopathic, like I'm thinking about like, you know, what's the homeopathic for like PMS, (laughs) but I don't think like, it's not like she's broody and it's just like this natural state. So I can't think of a homeopathic that you would give her. I will look more into that, but I just can't think of anything, right? You know, when I when I read your question, I was like, oh, I think I would go with a flower, you know, flower essence remedy, like rescue remedy during that time. So obviously, if if she's sitting on, you know, eggs that are not fertile and you don't want her to hatch out baby chicks. She can have, she can be as broody as she wants to be and have all the hormonal stuff going on in the world, but it'll be futile because she she's not sitting on fertile eggs and you're you're not allowing her to hatch out baby chicks. So a lot of people will ask me, you know, how should I break a broody, which means to kind of snap them out of this uh, state that they are in and get them back to laying and back with their flock? Um, and how do I do that? Um, so I'll tell you, and not everybody agrees with me about this. Um, I don't often break broody hens. Now I'm not running an egg business. Okay. And I'm not in the situation where it's like, I need this, um, this certain amount of protein for my family. Um, so I can't afford to have my, my chicken taking a big break from, from laying. Um, so take that into consideration, but I, I don't really break my broodies unless they're going past the point of time where they would normally be broody if they were hatching out babies. I don't really worry about it too much until then. So if it's been like, you know, 23, 24, 25 days, 30 days, you know, I'm like, okay, like they should be off the nest by that time. Um, And if they're not, then I will consider breaking them. But having that cycle of like setting and resting and, you know, that, that is not a, an unnatural experience for them. That is, that is a very natural experience. It's not anything that's artificially put on them. So in my view, and this is just my personal philosophy, I'm not, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a a poultry, I'm not a vet. So take this with a grain of salt, but I will tell you truthfully that in my view, I really want them to have as natural an experience as possible. So, even though a lot of educators don't agree with me and they have some valid reason, some valid reasoning for it. Um, for me, I just go back to what is the most natural experience I can allow them to have. And so that that's my aim to give it to them. Okay. And so that's why I don't get like, Oh my gosh, I have to break their broodiness. Now, if I was showing chickens, you, you would want to, probably break them from being broody because they lose their, their, you know, they lose like their luster <laughs> during that time. It's like being pregnant. You know? It's like, <laughs> don't, don't, I'm not going to be doing any, you know, walking any runways, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah. So, you know, I, like I said, it's not scientific. I'm just being honest and telling you what I do for my own flock. Now, if you want to break your hen of being broody, my favorite way to do it is to actually, you know, and it's kind of silly, but I do it. I will take them on a super long car ride. Uh, of course, if you if you have a chicken that would be like completely freaked out about that, and there are chickens that like they'd rather be dead than be away from their flock in some kind of alien environment like a car. So if it's if it's that situation, then I wouldn't do it. But you know, a lot of my chickens are they've been in cars before, and they're not you know they're pretty tame. So, you know, I'll take them and I'll put put them in a crate and just drive around for like an hour. And sometimes it takes more than one car ride. But what happens is, is that they just they might go in the nest for a little while, like after they after we get back. But by the next day, usually they're off the nest because it's just it's such a disruption to them that they're like, okay, this is not a good time hatch out babies. You know, this is just not a good time for this. And I don't know that they're consciously thinking that, <laughs> but their bodies kind of know like, okay, this is not a good time. I'm not going to, I'm not going to raise babies after I just was abducted by aliens, <laughs> which makes sense. <laughs> the other popular thing that a lot of people do is they will put their broody hen into a wire bottomed hutch. So like a, like a hutch or a cage with a wire bottom so that they can't really like nest and they'll cool off a little bit. Um, and you, you want to make sure they have food and water and of course that they're safe from the elements and from predators and all that. But it'll just cool them down a little bit, cool those hormones down a little bit. And, you know, hopefully after a few days of that, it's just enough to kind of turn that instinct off. Now there are some chickens that no matter what you do, they are going to be broody. Like I had, I had one chicken and she lived a long life. She was a bantam cochin. She was beautiful. From like four months old, she was broody until literally like the day she died. And she, well, not actually not the day she died, but like she, like a month before she died, her comb got really big and she was off the nest and she was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start laying eggs and I'm done with this, you know, this, <laughs> this trying to raise babies thing. I'm going to have, I'm going to have, I'm an empty nester. I'm going to have my life. I'm going to start my life now. Um, and she just died like a month later, but she, it was one of those things where she just like dropped dead in the, in the run. And I, as much as it's awful to find a chicken like that, I much rather that happen than them suffer for a long time and she was old so uh she was great she hatched out like a baby duck and raised that duck and loved that duck her whole life but i just she's like an example of a chicken that's just gonna do what it's gonna do and i have another one of those right now she's a little uh danver that i have that i actually got from the um chickenlandia presidential advisor and she's adorable her name is Monchichi. And she's just broody all the time. And I, I've like, I've tried so much and she just will not stop being broody. So there's that, you know, and I just, if that's the case, I just, I wouldn't worry about it too much. You know, I would just allow them to, to live their, the life that they want to live, you know, and do the best you can. Okay. So Trish, I hope I answered most, uh, you know, most, if not all of your questions. 
Um, I hope that your chicken is doing okay. I hope she's calmed down a little bit. I hope she's kind of come to her senses after being in the, in the, uh, you know, in the tractor for a little while. And thank you so much for being a part of Chickenlandia and for sending your question in. All right. I am now going to open up the chat for questions. All right. This is a question I get a lot, um, from Dusty Acres. Have you heard of dunking them in water? Um, yes, I have heard that. Um, I know a lot of people do it. I don't do that. And I don't, you know, zero judgment because I know it works for some people. But I, I, to me, it's, I just worry that it's a bit of a shock to them. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, most of the time chickens are very, very resilient. Um, And sometimes it seems like they're either very, very resilient or they're very fragile. So, you know, I, I just... I don't completely feel comfortable with shocking them that much, you know, putting them in ice water, which is what people usually do. Um, So I would probably try one of the easier methods, you know, easier on them methods first. And then if that doesn't work, you can go to something, you know, a method like that. But for me, I just, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that just because I feel like it it's just too much of a shock to to their systems. Now, there's there's situations where if you really need to break them of their broodiness, um, you know, it's always risk versus risk. So there may be a situation where you decide, you know what, I am going to do this because it's what I need to do to, um, to snap this chicken out of it. So if that's the case, go ahead and do it. Uh, who's your pioneer? Ask, are galvanized metal pans safe? Um, don't put... I, I believe you don't want to put, don't quote me on this because I can't, I'm not thinking straight exactly right now. <laughs> um, you wouldn't want to put apple cider vinegar in it and like give them water in it. Um, but there's a lot of galvanized metal pans that are made like for chickens, like uh, feeders and waterers. I, I do stick with either glass or hard plastic. I have seen some rusty situations and I do use apple cider vinegar. So I don't, I don't use the galvanized pans as much. Now, if then there's like the big galvanized metal tubs that I will use to raise broody, to to raise baby chicks in like those, I will, I will raise them in and they're good and sturdy. You know, a brand new one is going to be better than one that's really old. That's been used for a long time. Jay Cree asks, have you ever had mites in your igloo cube? So long, long ago in a, in a, um, a chickenlandia far, far away (laughs) in my other, in my other, uh, on my other property, when I first started keeping chickens, my first, um, coop was an igloo cube. And, uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a, it's a cube, it's a coop that is made out of very hard, uh, plastic. It is very sturdy and it's super predator proof. Really like, you know, probably a bear could like shake it, but I don't even think a bear could get into it because it's just like really, really sturdy. At least there were back when I had one, I had ordered mine from the UK. It came from the UK. I did not have, when I had that coop, I did not have mites or lice. I don't think I ever did. You know, maybe, no, maybe once, maybe. I certainly have had them more, uh, usually lice, like where I live, it's usually lice. 
since I've had wooden coops. Um, but, you know, it's like it's kind of a trade off because a lot of people feel like, you know, I just don't want my chickens in a plastic coop. You know, it's just not natural. It's not a natural material for them. And I do understand that. I do like the wooden coops better. But I tell you what, that Egglo cube, I wish I, I sold it. I wish I had never done that because they're super easy to clean. You have less of an issue with external parasites. And they are extremely predator-proof. So I, you know, if someone said, you know, I'm thinking about getting one, I would tell them, yeah, you should get one because I really, really like them. And in fact, I've been thinking about possibly getting another one because I've got a couple of little roosters, but the baby chicks that hatched out, gosh, they're like 12 weeks old now. Two of them are roosters and they're super cute. They're bubblicious babies. They're so cute. And bubblicious is my silky rooster, if you guys don't know that. But I may have to like separate them and have them in a little rooster uh, bachelor pad. But in that, that's if I can't have, you know, find a really good home for them. Because I don't, I just don't, you know, very rarely do I adopt chickens out uh, from Chickenlandia. But, but I don't want to have too many roosters in my flock. Um, Josh V asks, do I need to slowly acclimate my flock to a new coop or just move them all right in? I would just move them all right in. Uh, make sure that, you know, if you're moving them to a new area, uh, make sure that they can't just like, a mistake that some people make sometimes is that they'll have their coop and they'll just put the chickens out in the yard and they'll expect the chickens to know to go into the coop and uh, then the chickens just leave or <laughs> or they are roosting in the bushes somewhere. So you want to get them used to understanding that, you know, this is your home. And if the coop is big enough, you might want to keep them in the coop for, you know, like 24 hours or something, um, maybe a little bit longer, depending on, depending on your flock, uh, just so they know that that's where they're supposed to roost at night. Like that, that is their, that's their headquarters. Um, or if you have a run that's attached to the coop, you can have them in the run and then they go up into, they, they should know to kind of go up into the coop to roost, especially if they're older. But I would just, uh, you know, cut off, the, rip off the Band-Aid and put them in the, if you're moving them, I think it'll be actually less stressful for you to just do it all at one time. And and they'll get used to it. Um, you know, you could give them a little rescue remedy in their water during that time. But, you know, many chickens have moved from coop to coop and they'll they'll be okay. They'll they'll probably start, uh, stop laying for a little while because they'll, it, it's just, they're like, oh, something something big has changed. Like I just moved. And so they'll stop laying for a little while, but then they'll get back into it. So Celia Perry asks, what's your opinion on raising chicks or ducklings in the fall and winter? I definitely prefer to raise baby chicks during the time when they would naturally be, be hatched. You know, if they, if they were being raised by a mother hen in a flock that was having its natural cycles. Um, and going through its seasons naturally. Um, and there's a reason why uh, mother hens and duck hens hatch babies out in the spring. Because it is the optimal time for them to have babies. You know, they're, you're going into the warmer weather. And there's just not that hardship that there is in the winter. And the other thing is, is when, especially if you're starting out. Like if it, uh, people that have been doing this a long time, like they can they can get 
baby chicks anytime and they just know they know what to do because they've been doing this a long time but when you're just starting out and you have baby chicks let's say you got them in the late fall or in the winter and you know it's time they're old enough to go outside and they're fully feathered but it's like you know negative 15 outside then that process of putting them outside is a lot slower and it's a lot more precarious. And you know, you probably have to have some supplemental heat out there at least for a little while um, because you can't just put uh, young chickens, you know, you can't just change their temperature so quickly they could die, you know. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And I talk about it a lot in my videos about the winter because – you know, if you go into any chicken group and you say, do my chickens need supplemental heat? Everyone will say, no, absolutely not. Like there'll be a few people that might say yes, but most people will say there's no reason ever for your, for your chickens to have supplemental heat, but they're not considering the age of the chicken. So a very young chicken, like less than 12 weeks would have a, a a really hard time acclimating to such a big, you know, even an adult chicken, if it was a huge drop in temperature, that would be um, a lot for them to deal with. So, you know, I would say if you've been doing this a long time, go for it. You know, there's always going to be someone hatching out <laughs> baby chicks, you know, in the, in the winter and any season, there's always going to be access somehow and you can hatch them out yourself. But um, if you're new, I would start, especially with your first flock, I would start in the spring. That's going to be, that's going to be easiest for you. Okay. And then just take, take into consideration your local climate, you know, when you're thinking about when to get them like early spring, late spring, take that, just think about how, what the weather is going to be like when they're ready to go outside. Okay. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> Okay, Catherine. <laughs> Catherine asks, "Oh gosh, this is a this is a question. How do I get my chickens to stop laying their eggs in the cat litter box?" <laughs> uh, yay. <laughs> she says, "I keep it cleaned out several times a day, but what a pain. That is a pain. That is a big pain." Um, I would say, you know, it's it's super tempting, especially if it's like you know, the, those cat litter boxes that look like a little cave, you know, it's like a, a little, um, a little box that they go into. I mean, that looks like a nesting box. Like I, I would use that as a nesting box. Um, and even when I had, I used to have a cat litter box inside my old coop and it had a clear top on it. And I thought for sure they won't lay in that. And that's where they had, um, they had a, a dust bath in there and it kept the dust from going out into the coop and making things super dirty in there. Um, and they would still occasionally lay an egg in there. <laughs> so I would say, you know, the only foolproof way would be to, you know, make it to where they don't have access to the litter box. I'm not sure if the chickens are in your house or if the litter box is outside or what's going on. But yeah, they should, if you can, you know, chickens probably shouldn't have access to it because they, they might they might try to eat the poop in it too so um it might be a good idea to just uh, uh restrict their access to it and make sure that their own nesting boxes are very attractive to them um make sure they're really private uh that you know they're if they're if they're not that private if, if it's not that dark you might want to put some curtains over them to 
just make it more enticing for them so that they feel nice and safe. Because there's something enticing about the litter box. It's like in an area probably where it's like darker and, you know, it's got that lid over it. So they, they like that. Um, so just make sure that their own nesting boxes are are nice and cozy for them so that hopefully they choose that instead of the litter box. Okay, uh, Edith Romo 85 asks, what may be wrong if a broody wants to sit on more sit for more than 21 days every time? Well, she's just waiting like if if there's nothing underneath her, then it's like she doesn't know when to stop being broody because, you know, usually they would stop being broody when the babies hatch and they're all hatched out and they're all fluffy and then they're they're ready to leave the nest and, and you know, show the babies around and stuff. But if they don't have that experience, sometimes they will stay broody for longer than they normally would if they were just hatching out baby chicks. So, you know, I think in that case, that's when it's reasonable to think, okay, I need to consider getting them off this nest and snapping them out of it so that they don't get too skinny and they, you know, they just kind of, they don't get too stressed out. Um, They join the flock and sometimes it can cause, um, this is another reason why sometimes people like to break the broodiness is because um, it can cause um, the hierarchy in the, in the, in the flock, like the the pecking order, they can, it can cause pecking order problems. And uh, broody hens can be bullies or they can get bullied. And so that is one thing to consider, uh, you know, when you're thinking of whether or not you want to uh, break them of their broodiness. But, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think just not sitting on eggs and not having them hatch out, there's just something missing about that experience where they're like, okay, well, I'm not, you know, they haven't hatched out yet, so I got to stay on the nest. Um, and that, like I said, that may be time to think about what you can do about it. All right, guys, I know I missed some questions and I thank you so much for asking them, but I do have to tend to the Chickenlandia family, especially these Chickenlandia kids. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you to my moderator and co-producer, Kelsey Paulus, also known as the Chickenlandia presidential advisor. Thank you to Talking to Crows for editing this episode and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to rate and review it. Give it a thumbs up here on YouTube or if you are watching it or listening to it on your favorite podcast app, please rate and review it. That really, really helps me. Um, It just boosts it. You know, it kind of gives that algorithm a clue. Like you should put this in front of more, more people, find some chicken people and put this in front of it, (laughs) put this in front of them. Um, so that really, really helps me. But the main thing I want you to know is that you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. Bye. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit WelcomeToChickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.